0: Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye opening and jaw dropping dialogue that has people talking. Hello, everyone. Now, I don't know about you, my Chick Chat friends, but I detest conflict. I mean, for me, it does not exist without stomach-churning discomfort and anxiety. But I also know that it's not always avoidable. And while we are entrepreneurs or in our leadership roles, it is pretty much inevitable. Today's guest is Patricia Bathori. She is an expert in psychotherapy and entrepreneurship, who believes that relationships are the bedrock of success in both business and life. She understands how to master the art of building harmonious relationships and mediating conflicts by improving the way we handle individual personalities. Welcome, Patricia. It's great to have you joining me today. Thank you, Karen. I'm
1: really happy to be here.
0: So did I say your last name right? I forgot to check that one. No, you. No, that is perfect. <laughs> Bathory. Perfect. Good, good, good. Okay, so let's jump in a little bit. If you could, so first tell me a little, how did you get into this field? Kind of what led you to all of this?
1: Uh, I'm actually an entrepreneur. So I have uh, an import export business out of Brazil into the US. And uh, I, you know, I was talking to a friend once. I was going through some personal issues in my life. And we were chatting at this restaurant, and I'm telling her about what's going on, and I'm stuck, and I'm having all these problems. And she comes to me and says, hey, I really think you need to go see a therapist. Like, that, you're really, really going through an, an issue here. So sure enough, I did. I went to a therapist's office. And, you know, as I'm sitting there going, well, you know, obviously I'm going to crush this. Like, the problem is my defective husband, my problematic children. It's not me. <laughs> uh, but then four yeah. years after I entered the uh, therapist's office, I came out as one myself. And the things I learned, we, we did fix our relationships. Our family dynamics were all good. Uh, But I did learn a lot about relationships then, and that's what I work with.
0: Okay, wonderful. Yes, and I mentioned earlier I'm from Chile, so it's it's interesting to me that you're from Brazil. What do you import and export, by the Uh, way?
1: Food products. So mostly juices to private labels in the U.S. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm. All right. So let's dive in a bit. I know that I mentioned, and you heard me mention that I so hate conflict, and yet there's no way around it. And I've been doing, you know, been an entrepreneur for 30 some years. But I think a lot of our listeners would agree that they are uncomfortable with it and feel, you know, they just don't feel like they've got the right skill set for it. So tell me a little bit, how do you recommend harmonious relationships? And and what would you describe a harmonious relationship as?
1: You know, conflict is one of those things that is guaranteed. So yep, <laughs> it's one of those...
0: Like taxes, what is it? Taxes and death and conflict. (laughs) If you're going to
1: have conflict and if you know that is a given, uh, the sooner you act to resolve it, the better off you are. So I think that that is the one thing is recognizing that this is going to happen. So, you know, if you avoid it, then really what you're just doing is, you know, agreeing to something that is not what you want to. So definitely um, conflict is something to be embraced and resolved. So when you ask, you know, what is a harmonious relationship? I think it's one where you have mastered the art of resolving conflict. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about, that yeah, because sense. it's not about the, you know, Esther Perel, she talks about a lot about rupture and repair. So we all have a lot of ruptures. We always will have these conflicts and these issues that come up. So that is, that's not the measure of how well we get along. What measures the quality of a relationship, the health of a relationship is not the amount of ruptures or issues or conflict that you have, but it's actually your ability to resolve them. So your ability to uh, repair, as she calls it.
0: Okay. Right. Now, how, how do you go about helping someone kind of understand what the best way is to resolve, you know, to resolve that conflict? What is the, the better approach to it?
1: So, you know, I have, whenever I have these clients, there's these, whenever I have my clients, the three, there's three main behavioral changes that I recommend that really improves the quality of every single one of your relationships. And it really helps in solving the conflicts. The first one is shifting from certainty to curiosity. So a lot of times our conflict comes from the fact that we know we're right. Of course I'm right. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong.
0: Yes, of so course. So then the minute I'm right, <laughs> yeah. I'm not
1: curious about what you have to say or what, you're, what you have to, uh, to add mm-hmm. to this. So then that shuts me down and then conflict continues. The second okay. thing is a shift in behavior from, it, it's, it's called, you have to listen to learn and mm-hmm. not to respond. So there's a big difference between listening and waiting for your turn to talk. Oh, completely.
0: Wow. That's a great way to say that. It's so true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Right. Just not waiting for that little break in the conversation so you can get your point in, but actually really listening. Okay.
1: To solve conflict, that's primordial. Because if I'm not listening, truly listening and understanding what you have to say, there's no way I can understand and get through this. And the third one is A shift in perspective. I always say that a point of view is always a view from a point. Mm -hmm. So what I see from here is different from what you see from there. So I have to be willing to shift a little bit and move a little bit and to go over there where you are so that I can hopefully see what it is that you're seeing. So if you manage to accomplish these three little behavior changes, you will be able to see what the other person's seeing, and then hopefully be able to, okay, now I, see, I, I might still disagree, but at least I see mm-hmm. and understand your rationale.
0: Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so when that happens, so give me an example of a conversation and and how it's going poorly and then how you would recommend it adjusts.
1: Um. So in a lot of – so I'm thinking here about my couples, right? So, so a lot, of, yeah, a lot yeah. of intent comes into this. So, you know, you came in and you – I remember right, there's one couple that I love that I've been seeing for a few years and they still come in and they do their monthly check-ins with me. And uh, the husband came in and he was – oh, my God, she just cleaned the floor. So he was being really mindful, took off his shoes, and he carried the shoes to the kitchen with him. But, you know, guys being guys, he – I don't know where he put it on the table or on the chair or something, the shoes <laughs> –
0: Because his intention
1: was not to put it on the floor that she had just cleaned. So she comes in and she's freaking out. She's like, who does that? Blah, blah, blah. You're putting this on the chair. You're so inconsiderate. They're just having this huge fight over this. And, you know, they've been working for a while. They came in telling me this as a success story, as an example of, you know, look how far we've come. And what he's saying is, you need to listen. You need to listen to learn. (laughs) So uh, he was explaining to her, listen, listen. When I came in, the reason the shoes are not on the floor was because I saw the mop and I noticed that you had just mopped the floor. So I didn't want to get it dirty for you. So my intentions were all good. And so the minute she saw this and that she understood this, she's like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's still, you shouldn't have be putting your shoes on the chair. But at least I see what you I understand yes. what it is that you did. So it just disarms you. It disarms you. It just makes you more generous. It just makes you more willing to, you know, understand that other point of view.
0: Okay. Now let's see in terms of work. Okay. So like I, I, my, daily job is I'm an architect. And so I'm dealing with contractors all the time. And oftentimes, I mean, I've been in this industry for so long, for 30 years, that I'm very used to it now. Um, But you have to start out kind of like, you know, getting past a little bit of the male chauvinism, getting past the boys club attitude. And I was in California as an architect for 30 years. And I had developed that like, rapport with certain ones and it was easy. Then about five years ago, we moved to Arizona and I had completely forgotten about needing to do all that, right? So, you know, I had already kind of like put in my time in California. Everybody knew of me and I didn't have that kind of contractor issue, Got here, and the first few contractors were interesting because I realized Fountain Hills is small and it is kind of a boys' club. There are a few contractors been here forever and they sort of didn't want anybody new (laughs) involved. So on those situations, I'm curious about that because, so let's just say, I'll give you an example and maybe you could offer insight Mm -hmm. as to how the conversations should go to to resolve that. So, for example, on a project the result was, or, or we're in the middle of the project, but let's say, you know, they had done the ceilings, the ceilings looked awful. And client was there, I'm there, contractors there at this meeting. And I say, you know, we need to come up with another solution. I have a few ideas for a different material to put there because it's not, it was a remodel. So it wasn't all flush and clean. It needed to, we needed to do some kind of patchwork and he had done his best supposedly to patch it, but it wasn't it didn't look good. It wasn't quality. So when I say this to him, he just goes off the handle as in, I'm the contractor. You need to know that, et cetera. On and on.
1: How would you approach something like that? So the conflict is that you guys are disagreeing on, on whether or not the, mm-hmm. the, the, the ceiling is well done.
0: Exactly. And, and he's thinking it's done and it's the best it's going to be and I should not be intervening. Does he say yes? what is, what are
1: his arguments specifically?
0: So this is kind of, and this is pretty typical in this industry. I mean, he just said, I, you know, he says, um, for example, he'd say, you know, I'm the contractor here and I, you know, I'm the one who makes these decisions. And I would say, okay, yes, you are the contractor. I know that, but as the architect, you know, the level of quality, I need to be approving that and make it fine for my client. And he, that's enough there. And he goes off to, I don't think, you know, I am the contract. You know, just, these are the, this is a typical, sounds like a, and I hate to say this, I have some wonderful contractors out there too. But for example, that is one where you're just like, wow. It sounds <laughs> like a power struggle um, almost. Mm-hmm. Yes. Completely a power struggle because they don't want an architect, you know, approving or disapproving or, you know, reviewing the work. They just want to do their own thing. So, in the past, those have, I've ironed those out very mm-hmm. easily. But when you get someone where it's different, and it is a kind of chauvinistic, it's, it's very much a man's mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. still. Architecture, only 16% yeah. um, are okay. female, even mm-hmm. today. This, and, and contractors, it's, it's almost 90% yeah. are male. So yeah, the conflict definitely is there. You have to you know, women have to kind of prove themselves a little bit more in those yeah. settings.
1: It's so how it is a power. Yeah, struggle. it sounds like a power struggle. And usually, when there's somebody trying to establish their power, at least mm-hmm. what something I do is I just give it to them. I'm like, "You're right. You are right." But you know what? Is this the reputation you want to have? Like, is this if this is your best? Then it's because ultimately it comes to a. It sounds like there's a problem in quality there. Like this is his best quality. Yes. Then mm-hmm. it's like well. First of all, I, I might never work with you again. So just the conflict there is yeah. getting to, you know, you you right. You are the one who establishes, is this your final word? Is this all you can give us? Um, and then maybe, and you, I, I don't know if that's a, a conflict situation as much as the guy just doesn't have the quality that you're expecting um, because it's, it's hard.
0: Well, but he does, you know, he does, he just didn't want to do it. And it would, you know, it's one of those where he definitely does. We saw his work before mm-hmm. hiring him. There's no way he could do it. it. It was, and it was so shoddy. It was like, you can't even argue that it wasn't good. It was horrible. So, but you know, how do you kind of regain that, calm. Like he obviously flew yeah. off the handle. He was irate. Yeah. You know, how do you bring that person back to let's get, you know, kind of yeah. in a in a calmer way? How do you redirect or regain some composure yeah. in the conflict?
1: I always say that when, when you start having arguments with people and when people get really off the handle, like you're saying. Uh, There's two parts of our brain. Like I always divide the brain into, you know, you have your emotional brain and you have the more rational brain. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the work that I do when people, when they're fighting or when they're having conflict is, is trying to regulate. So if you're, if you're talking to somebody who dysregulates, you cannot dysregulate with them because if you do, then you're not going to constructively go anywhere and also, the other thing is, while he's dysregulated, you can—you're not really having a conversation with a person. No. you're having a conversation mm-hmm. with the limbic system. It's like you know, it's not. This is your kid throwing a, a tantrum. This is not the time yes, to be yes. teaching anything. So, you know, when somebody's dysregulated like that, one of the things I always say it's you know, you cannot have constructive uh, conversations with somebody's limbic system. It's it's that simple. Interesting. So if he's there, Okay. it's yeah. like, you know what, you're right. And mm-hmm. again, it's a power struggle. Yeah, you can have it. Sure, whatever. We're not going to talk about this. But then maybe addressing it at a different time, like calling and saying, listen, hi, how okay. are you? Uh, that conversation didn't go very well, but would you be able to listen to me for three more minutes and mm-hmm. then have something more prepared? And I always find that being prepared for those difficult conversations, that is such a an important thing. Um, You know, write down. And again, for important conversations, it's not about something very long, but three very uh, important points about that. Listen, I know you can do really good work. Remember in the house number 1522, um, how nice that looked. That is the kind of Mm -hmm. uh, standard I was expecting from you. Two, you have a great reputation. Again, you gotta remember this guy's power struggling with you. So you gotta kind of give right. him what he wants, which is this, you okay, know, the idea right. exactly doesn't mm-hmm. really exist. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you are really good at what you do. You have a great reputation. This is why we chose you, and this is great and all. So almost giving it a little bit. And then yes. um, and then you know, I would love is it possible for you to do this house in the standard of 1522 and in the standard right. of your reputation? You know it's very, and you know we were talking a little bit earlier about the the feminine uh, power, about how our ability to yes. collaborate, our ability to package things yes. nicely. So that's when you put it to use. It's not about going into yeah. a power game here and trying to win, but it's about winning with this very soft roundabout. Listen, yes, you can have the power. You are the professional when it comes to ceilings. But, you know, (laughs) but I know you can do better than this, but come in a non-confrontational way, um, you know, talk like you are on the same team and that tends to get the best Mm -hmm, results. mm -hmm.
0: That's great advice. Cause I was, when I was looking over your info and I was thinking, okay, you know, on this, on this uh, podcast um, and with this chick chat following, we always talk about masculine, feminine energy, and we really try to promote that, you know. Feminine energy and being feminine um, is not a weakness. It is actually a very huge strength, even though society tends to sometimes look at it as weak. So basic and I and I think, you know, and what tends to happen is when women are either insecure or uncomfortable or feeling threatened or unsafe. Um, they absolutely, just by nature, that's what happens, we resort to our masculine energy because our masculine energy protects us. Um, And so that's what tends to happen. But it sounds like what you're saying is if we can try really hard (laughs) to stay in that feminine energy where we are collaborative, where we have that kind of softer side, we may actually do much better in that, in that resolution of that conflict. Absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. You just have to keep your anger at bay because you're usually like, and you have to regulate yourself (laughs) as well. But you know what? I'll tell you something that
1: makes me so hopeful for the future. I work with leaders. Like I, I I specialize Mm -hmm. with leaders, people in leadership positions, and I cannot tell you the amount, the, the number of men who come in and how they are recognizing that this feminine energy is way more powerful than their conflictual ones. So, and we're not talking out, of course, there's the 30-some that they already kind of come with that culturally. But I'm talking about more mature men as well, that, you know, they're like, you know what, this is not working for me. This this is not working. Being Mm -hmm. conflictual, wanting to be right all the time. This is not working. Is there a better way? And the interesting thing Mm -hmm. is yes. Mm -hmm. So when you speak about, women wanting to be more conflictual it's like no stay stay in your lane this this is what works this is you know what tends to um, work out
0: yeah and that's interesting because our just by nature our our tendency will be to flip over to the masculine energy side it's just it's inherent but then yes to find that awareness of yourself to say wait a minute let me just Take a breath and and resort back yeah. to the feminine energy, which we always talk about, is so yeah. powerful. And, the, and um,
1: the awareness you build that in, um, you know, recognizing when you are starting to dysregulate, and I call that you know regulate, dysregulate, regulate, dysregulate. And yeah. men and women, we all, you know, we all have that little fire that burns inside. And you know all this. Mm-hmm. here I am. I'm having <laughs> this great conversation and stuff. But if you push, there's a few buttons you will push, and you know, what I try to do is, okay, calmly think of what happens before you lose it. Because there are tells our body speaks. So what is it that you feel? Is it a thumping on your chest? Is it your palms sweating? Is it you clenching your teeth? Something happens before you freak out. So it's like, okay, between that initial physical tell and you going full out Limbic system, crazy, losing it all. You have a yes. space. What do you choose to do in that space? Because in the space, there's still choice. Yes. Once you lose it, once you become dysregulated, there is no choice.
0: So when you have that, let's say, all right. So let's say you you sense your pulse starts to raise, or you you know get mm-hmm. tense, or um, what do you recommend doing then in that moment? How do you help people? Go from dysregulated
1: to regulated. So again, it's uh the the process is beautiful for for people who come in with um, anger management issues. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, think of think of a line. So at T zero, you have you totally regulated, totally in control, totally well, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you start you know, let's say you start telling me things that I really disagree with that are against my core values mm-hmm. or whatever it is, or you're pushing my buttons. And I'm like, man, she's like, what is wrong with her? Like, I don't like what she's saying. And then maybe you start <laughs> yes, insulting yes. me, and I'm like, you know. And then you start feeling again the thumping, the the, the all the physical symptoms or the physical tells. They're not symptoms; they're tells. Yes. Um, that is when you sit and you go, okay, oh my god, this is me. This is I'm not regulated anymore. It's that awareness of okay, something is going on. And what do you do then? Is that you try. To be you and yourself, you try to go back into. There's two of me in my head. There's me and myself, so you get one talking to the other. So one will talk okay. to the other and say, "Listen, um, I'll use your your. I'll I'll use your example." Uh, he's really annoying me. He's disrespecting me. He is, you know, wanting to uh, Mm -hmm. get this masculinity. Like we're, we're doing a power struggle. So you regulate and you kind of get in control of the situation. You don't let yourself fly off the handle like he is. So you regulate Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, you speaking to yourself, this is not a good way to converse. We're never going to get to an agreement because he is dysregulated. I'm not talking to a person now. I'm talking to a bunch of feelings. So, I'm going to disengage. So when you start losing okay. it, you disengage. Because you know you're not going to be your best. Hmm. You're not going to even say things that you believe in right. sometimes. Right. So don't even get yes. into the arena when you're feeling that way. Just disengage from conversation. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. And then go back to it when, a when a you moment. have regulated yeah. again.
1: <laughs> yeah. people, you know, okay. Sometimes it takes 10 seconds. Sometimes it's just a matter of taking a breather or just finding the happy place or, you know, just... Um, you know, understand, okay, I'm gonna just what what does this mean? How important is this person? How important is it that I win this argument, or whatever that is? Or sometimes it takes you, if it's your partner, um, that you're in a relationship for a long time, is this, you know, sometimes you need to take a full day as a breather between conversations yeah. because right. you don't want to hurt that in a way that it's not repairable.
0: Right. Yeah, you don't want to get to where you're saying no. something you can't take back and and feelings are really no. yeah. damaged. Yes. Um, Okay. And then I know you talk somewhat about this idea of just different personalities that we deal with. So tell me a little bit
1: more about that. Oh, there's, there's, of course, many personalities. This is, you know, the most obvious because we all interact with different people and some people are just easy to interact with. Your best comes out and they, they tend to be the ones that we are aligned with, whether in values or whether, you know, we just, hit it off really well. Um, the more challenging ones are the ones that function from whether they have a different worldview than you do, uh, difficult, uh, mm-hmm. different political beliefs or different culture or, you know, or they, or they have something, I'll bring an example. Uh, some of my best friends, they have a very different relationship with time and punctuality than I do. <laughs> right so
0: it's yeah, like okay. yeah that's a very nice way I to know, say right? that right <laughs> i'm a therapist i know how to package things
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like oh yeah so,
0: <laughs> where you're sitting there waiting for them uh, to arrive all absolutely the time. Yes, absolutely okay. so
1: it's either that or you just adjust your internal clock to 15 minutes later eight o'clock is a suggestion right, so we all right. arrive at eight fifteen, and i'm not stressed <laughs> and they're on time and we're all good to go um so <gasps> when you funny. ask about these different relationships it's you know, we're 50% of each one of our relationships. 50%, Karen. That's a huge number. This means yeah. that 50% of the solution is in your hands. So mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. difficult people, if you can just find a way to adjust something 50% of the time, then it, it will, It will. even if it doesn't solve 100%, 50% will get you some sort of difference. And it usually tends to be positive if you adjust in a positive way. So back to my friend's punctuality issue. um, And it's, you know, I'm I'm heading out to Brazil uh, tonight. And, you know, when I land, you know, usually my first appointment, like my first meeting, "Ah, I'm so excited to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six o'clock, we're meeting, whatever. I get there at six and like 6.15, there's not one single soul. 6.20, the first one strolls in. Not at sorry, not nothing. Because to them, they're on time. So I'm like, oh yes, dang it, true. I didn't right. adjust my right. internal clock. Second time I'm showing up 15 minutes late and I'm calling that punctual. So if I adjust that, do you know how many times I get annoyed in like these days about my friends being late? Zero. Zero mm-hmm. times really? zero. Okay. Because yeah. if you adjust, yeah. if you can make those minor tweaks, that's where happiness is. Expecting less yes. from expecting okay. less that other people are, will adjust to you and you adjust to situations the more resilient you are, the more easily you can adjust, the happier you are.
0: Right. Right. No, that's a great way to put it. And and when you said, you know, um, political conflict or cultural or different worldview, I feel like right now we are so in that as just as a world. Um, It's
1: it's insane. The
0: level of conflict is so big. Right. So instead of just our individual kind of um, relationships, I feel like yeah, I can't relate. It's, we've been we can no, now we've, we've it's almost like we don't we've become divisive. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's almost like we've lost our ability to connect across differences.
0: So right. Now do you think it's because the differences are so huge now?
1: No, or no, I think it or we're I just I think it's our ability. Like I don't think the differences are so huge. Hmm. I mean, pink is pink and blue and blue, and, and yellow is yellow, and black and black and white and white, like ever since always things were different. It's mm-hmm. just now I think we've become more. Intolerant. And I think part of it is because, you know, and I'm not going to bash AI here, but one of the um, disadvantages of the algorithm is that it exposes you to more of what you like. So my feed Mm. on all my social media, the stuff that I read, everything Google sends me, is very aligned with my beliefs. It's very aligned with my values, my loves, what I th- so I end up thinking that this is what the world is. So the minute I That's run really right, true. Because Wow. Yeah, like, think yes. of it. Yes. Even true. music. Like I love Spotify. I love Spotify. But it only gives me more of the same, which is great because there's because there's tons of the same things that I haven't known, but it's always in the same genre-ish, right? Um, And then sometimes I grab somebody else's Spotify and I'm like, dear God, I never even heard of this stuff. So I think, (laughs) you know, um, the algorithm is making us uh, less diverse within ourselves. So the world's more diverse, but we have become less diverse. And because we're less exposed to diversity in our feeds, in our, you know, where we are in our environments, we forget how to negotiate across these differences. And I think we just become that's more interesting. Net. I don't know. It's a theory.
0: Yeah. No, that's I hadn't thought of it that way, but it is true. You start to think everybody thinks like you, and mm-hmm. then you can, you're can you confronted mm-hmm. by someone who doesn't, and you're like, you wait a minute. You think they're wrong. Yeah. Because everybody thinks the yeah, way they think. Yeah, you think they're... Right. It's crazy. You really think they're wrong, not just that they have another opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. I know. It seems like... Um, and that's why we always say that, you know, the... The feminine energy which is much more understanding collaborative etc is what might really help solve some of this yeah, but,
1: that is true yeah that's true knows, and again yes. it's uh, the ability to again the, sh- the shifting the perspectives is that curiosity I think curiosity is such a beautiful piece if you can just you know try to try to see what it looks like because you know if if all the opinions around you are the same and one day somebody comes, With a totally different opinion. It's like, well, tell me more about that. Be curious. Be, you know, I'm sure it it just will enrich you as a person to have that bigger depth of opinion or breadth of opinion. Exactly. I love that.
0: Um, I've had a couple people ask me to ask this. So I, that they are confronted often by this kind of mansplaining. And they don't know how to respond to that. What would you say to them?
1: Oh, that is so annoying. I don't even you know, <laughs>
0: listen. Yeah, I know and you, you want you don't want to like push to go into more conflict with it, but you also
1: want to stop it because so, so yeah, I'll tell ahead. you what's going on in my body right now. So I'm gonna tell you exactly what's <laughs> going on in my body right now. I hear that uh. word and it's so triggering and i'm like you know what i don't want to talk about this because i want to lose i'm going to lose it and that's exactly what it is it's like yeah. at this point i'm like you know when you get into that men's it's almost like i i'm not going to fix them right they might mm-hmm. have an opinion and we will run into these men that think mm-hmm. they need to mansplain, or they think you're not yes. capable, or they think you're not. You know, I will agree with you. There's one thing you're more capable than I am is maybe carrying a very heavy weight, but that's about it. Exactly. And that's where our right. right, like right. I, I can't. So yes, if you want to take my suitcase and put it on the overhead bin, you right. go. Boy. Like I am all <laughs> yeah, you know, we appreciate absolutely. that. Yeah, uh, but you're explaining yeah. to me how business works or how things work because maybe I don't know. I don't, like I used to get really triggered and I used to be really upset. I'm an entrepreneur and I work with sales, um, except for my, actually my biggest client is run by a woman. But other than that, Mm -hmm. uh, all the other clients, it's a man's world, right? You go to food fairs, Mm -hmm. it's all men, it's all, and it is, you know, in the Mm -hmm. beginning I used to be really triggered or, you know, honey, can you, honey, can you come here? And I'm like. Right, like, like, don't call me honey. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's Patricia. It's a full name. It's beautiful. It's Patricia, not honey, not dear, not right. So, um, it it used to be very triggering in the beginning, but then now, I almost, I empathize with them. I'm like, you know what? You weren't born at this time. You don't know better. I do. I have empathy, and I feel it's almost. I feel well, not sorry because that's such a bad way to feel for somebody. But I do. It's like, well, you know what? If you still think. Um, there is this division, um, men are better, men are superior. Mm-hmm. It's it's on you. And I hope you change. And I hope you get a chance to do this in this lifetime. Uh, but really, I'm not going to use my energy to tell you. I just, I let it be. I disengage. I honestly, I disengage. You do. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's almost like you see it as that's their Absolute. limitation. Absolutely. Karen,
1: thank you. Right? It is their yeah. limitation. It's not on me to fix it.
0: Right, right. It's theirs to figure it and, and you just look at you know, I had a therapist once a long mm. time ago, probably the best thing he ever said to me, because I've put this to use a million times over, um, it was, you know, when you're having a conflict with someone or having an issue with them, this had had to do with, you know, a parent, etc., mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. And you feel so mm-hmm. frustrated with them and, and the and you're you're unable to really have a a good, you know, um, healthy yeah. relationship with them. He once said to me, it's almost like, let's say you had a child that had a disability, you know, and, you right, and it. you're not going to be angry with them for it. Like, how horrible, like, you know, they're doing yeah. their best. and And so if you can look at it as that parent or that other person is doing their best, they they are limited. Absolutely, yeah. it, it makes it so that you and, don't yeah. get so angry them. You. Yeah. And this is yeah. this
1: is this is them doing their best, right? This is yes. them doing their best. Yes. And there's some things you will never change. So this is their worldview. This is a core belief, right? Right. I yes. am a male. I am superior. It's a core belief. What do you do mm-hmm. with that? Mm-hmm. It's like you know what I. Yeah, I don't know. Power to you that you think that way. I just right? like what, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to yeah. change your beliefs the same way you won't change mine. So it really is yes, a waste. Exactly, of, it's a waste of our time to try to fix that. It's of almost all that like, yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It's disengaging.
0: Interesting. I get it. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, sometimes you still have oh, to deal oh, with yeah. them. So you just. Have to just sort of let that go by the way. Find your happy place through it, right?
1: It is because if on (laughs) the one hand, I agree with you and you have a very valid point. If the one hand I'm like, I'm disengaging, you're not really, you know, I I get some of this, well, you're being a coward, aren't you? If you're disengaging, I'm like, no, I'm not being a coward. I'm just Mm -hmm. accepting what I can't change, right? And I'm going to engage where I can actually make an impact. When I can make a change, Mm -hmm. when I can contribute, I will invest in that. But because I have a limited amount of energy, I'm going to focus it in where I can actually be successful. If that's what your core belief is, I can't change it.
0: Right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, because sometimes you're still going to have to deal with that client or that Mm -hmm. family member or whoever. Right. Well, this has been so interesting. I so appreciate it. I want to ask you what, um, if, if some of our listeners want to reach out to you, get a hold of you, what is the best way? Do you offer any programs for them? Or how can they reach out if they need some more help
1: with conflict resolution? <laughs> um, so I'm, uh, I'm a psychotherapist and I see clients online. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, my website is www.reconnect.dev, D-E-V. Um, But I do Mm -hmm. have a book coming out on how to improve your relationships and some of these skills that we need to improve these relationships on this engaging, disengaging, all this stuff. Uh, The book is called Connected. So we were talking about relationships and the difficulties. Yes. It's called Connected, Building Relationships to Achieve Success and Leave a Lasting Impact. Uh, And it comes out in April, April 16th. Wonderful. And so, will that be, can they get that on Amazon, Amazon on your oh, website? Well, um, I think, they, I don't know about my website, Amazon for sure. It's um, going to be published by, it's a It's a hybrid publisher. It's going to be on Amazon and all the places actually books are sold. So, even your local oh, bookstore will be. Congratulations.
0: Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay, great. So, we will have to do that. And then you said April. April that's great. Okay. I'm going to look for it. Yes, Very thank good. you. Very good. Well, it has been such a pleasure. And I'm sure for our listeners, they have picked up some really good tips. I know I have. (laughs) I hope it's
1: helpful. I hope it's helpful. So we can live in a, again, it's a not, we'll never live conflict free. So, you know, oh, so we can live a conflict free life. No, it's a people will want to make conflict with you. And uh, just one last thing is, you know, sometimes people thrive in conflict. So this is why it's impossible right. to live in a conflict-free world because people will come and try to make conflict with you. So it's up to you to just be able to resolve it, not engage in it, and just choose to live a peaceful life. So it's, it's in your hands.
0: Yeah. I like that. There are people, yeah. you're right, they like yeah. the drama of that Absolutely. conflict, right? I don't. I My stomach can't handle it. <laughs> I <I'm like>, yeah. <laughs> no. Well, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure.
1: Thanks for being here. Thank you, Karen. It was lovely to be a guest. Thank you for inviting me.